Hello, everyone. This is Anish with the Technological Podcast. In episode seven of the podcast, we really wanted to dive into the world of product design. And in this episode, we bring on senior product designer, Rebecca Eugelson, who currently works on the Salesforce Lightning Design System. In this conversation, we really dive deep into Rebecca's career journey, all the way from going to college and studying graphic design to getting involved with clubs at her school to learn how to actually take design and apply a lot of those concepts to real business problems and work with startups to her first role over at Tribe Dynamics and then her journey over to Salesforce where she's currently at today. We talk a lot about the entire end-to-end user-centric design process that Rebecca likes to use um, in her current role and just generally in her product design career. We talk a lot about the importance of having your portfolio, but presenting your portfolio in a meaningful and creative way to show your stakeholders in the interview process that you're really passionate about some of the projects you've worked on and that you care about the the full end-to-end design process that you've been through. Um, We also talk about how her experience has been working at Salesforce and what it takes to succeed and a little bit about the product. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please share, like, and subscribe. It really helps us. Welcome to the Technological Podcast. I'd just love to start uh, with you doing an intro. You know, how did you how you get here, um, and uh, you know what what your current role at Salesforce is? Yeah, sure. Um, so. Most people in high school don't know what they want to do. Um, I was similar in a way, but also I uh, I started taking these computer arts classes in high school just as like a fun elective um, where I started to learn how to use Photoshop and Illustrator. And I was making these like digital collages of my face and random, you know, like art on the computers. And I actually really liked it. And that's when I, that was my first introduction to a, let's say graphic design. Um, and I loved my teacher in high school and it was some, it was the kind of thing where I just fell into it by accident, but really liked it. And I was always kind of tech savvy as a kid in general, like picked up computers easily. So it made sense. Um, and I didn't love any particular subject in high school, like history, English, math. So, um, I started to really gravitate towards graphic design. And by my senior year of high school, I, I started realizing that there were, you could actually major in graphic design in college. So, um, so I actually applied to some schools for graphic design majors and got into Northeastern university just for that. Um, so it was, it was kind of cool. Like in high school, I, I started to think, Oh, maybe this is something I could really do. And then just stuck with it. Um, and then graphic design, is is more like traditional like logos branding identity um print design stuff so i was like early in college i was like designing magazine layouts and things like that but um eventually like the times have been changing and that that sort of just turned into a product design role at least for me some folks you know can are still traditional graphic designers today but i went i went the more ux product design route oh and then you asked how i got um how I ended up at Salesforce. Yeah, I uh, would love to know, like, yeah, how, you know, your story from graphic design to product design, why did you, why did you go that route? Um, and then a little bit about uh, what you're doing at Salesforce. 
Yeah, sure. So yeah, from so from graphic design in college, like um, there was there was a thing called web design, which I'm sure you guys have heard about, but product design and UI UX design wasn't really a thing. And it definitely was not in my college curriculum. I took some courses called like interactive media, uh, where we would start like making websites with um, a tool called Adobe Dreamweaver, which is like pretty archaic at this point. Um, but it was by my senior year where, you know, I started to, like the tech scene in the Bay Area was becoming very hot. And some of my um, classmates had been getting internships at companies like Facebook to do, you know, UI UX design, even though it was not what we were taught in college at all, because it takes curriculum a couple of years to catch up. Um, so everything I learned with UI UX design in college was totally self-taught and through like design clubs because um, I was in a design club where I got to work with startups on campus and help them design their apps but it was completely like you know we were just teaching ourselves and learning as we went um, but that's when I realized I was like oh this is becoming the future UI UX design people are making apps everywhere um, and this is where I want to go and I knew the Bay Area was going to be the place to really start my career in this um, so then I you know I went to a startup in order to kind of just like, I mean, that was the, really the only, like going to a startup was the only shot I had at a job in UI UX design because they're more willing to take a chance on someone more junior um, who didn't have any real experience in it other than like startups from college. Uh, but then I ended up at Salesforce after getting two years at a startup. Um, first, I was a contractor at Salesforce and then I converted to full time on a different team. Um, and I have loved it so much. Um, and my role today at Salesforce, um, I'm a senior product designer on the design systems team. So um, our team owns like the look and feel of the product. Um, and we create the components which other design teams or feature teams will use to create their, their experiences. Cool, that's great. And it's awesome that you were able to get exposure to working with um you know all these startups uh on campus or, or during your your experience in college um so like what would you say you know as you made that transition from studying graphic design to then um you know being able to apply it with you know actual company use cases and, and product design what would you say were kind of some of the biggest shifts that you saw um from it being you know sort of um, you know, something you were studying in school, but also passionate about um, to actually putting it into place with, you know, a, a real product? Yeah, well, I, th I would say like, as a graphic designer, um, a lot of my job was, and, and I hate this term, but a lot of my job was like making things look pretty. Um, and, you know, making things look nice. And um, they would call it like certain graphic design, like systems, you would call that, you know, it'd be like problem solving, trying to create an identity for a company like Coca-Cola and like, you know, where that logo appears in all the different places and the other brand elements. But, but in general, I felt as a graphic designer, or even um, a visual designer, a lot of my job was just to like make things look nice, have layouts, be readable, um, make information accessible to folks. Uh, but as a product designer, the biggest shift was really that like user centered thinking and, you know, feeling like you are making things more usable for people. Um, and understanding what their user needs are. Often um, a product designer does the role of a product manager as well, or you partner very closely with a product manager to sort of define what the user needs are and really empathize with the problems that your users are going through. Um, and so there's a lot more just like rich thinking and problem solving that I think goes with 
product design and you're really involved in that end-to-end flow. So you are there at the beginning when you're just talking to users and understanding their pain points. And then you're there at the end with your engineers to validate and build out, um, you know, the concepts that you had had imagined in the beginning. But can you kind of walk us through, you know, like a day-to-day of a product designer? Like, how do you think about designing a product. Like I personally don't know because I've never worked in product design. So this would like, I think this would be really helpful. Yeah, yeah. So typically um, as a product designer, you will work with, let's say a product, you'll you'll be working closely with a product manager up front who is going to have done some research on like business needs at that time for this specific feature. Um, and they will come to you with like some high level requirements or some sort of brief, which is usually in the form of a Google doc and say, hey, we need to design X feature for for this app, right? Um, And then you will start to gather a little bit more information from them. um, And you might ask the question like, did you already do user research? Because sometimes product managers will talk to customers and have tons of research and insight already. Um, And if not, um, you might want to do some of that, right? Like talk to customers and sort of validate the the feature that you might be building right now, right? Um, Let's say it's like a new sales dashboard. Um, I want to see, like, I want to know what users want to see in the sales dashboard before I just design it. Do users even want a sales dashboard? I don't know. So like doing some of that concept validation at the beginning is really important. Um, And depending on the company and the team and whatever, your product manager might be doing that. The product designer might be doing that um, in sync with the product manager. You may even be lucky enough to have a researcher on your team, which that doesn't always happen. But if you do, they're such they're so valuable. Um, so that whole like I would say that research phase is the is the beginning of the cycle where you're just kind of understanding the needs of the project. Um, but you might join a company where they've already done the research and they're already in the high fidelity design phase. So, and you might join, hop on on a project to support at a different stage in the project, but like the beginning of like a classic product design project project will be research. Um, And then you kind of understand the problem you're solving as a designer and you have, um, you have like a high level idea of like what the real requirements are and what the user needs are. So then you could start like brainstorming with your team, um, do like very low fidelity sketches, you could be doing architecture diagrams and user flow diagrams. So you might be in a tool called like Miro drawing like lines and boxes, literally to like figure out, okay, the user is going to go from here to here to here, and then they'll hit submit. Um, So creating those like user flow diagrams. So you're just kind of going from abstract to more detailed. And, um, and you're always keeping the user um, you're always keeping that user-centered design. So as a product designer, it's our responsibility to advocate for the user. Product managers are often advocating for the business and like how they're going to drive revenue with their product. And then the engineers are focused on how this thing's actually going to function and work. So we are like the advocate for the user. And we always need to represent be like, is this something they are going to be confused by? Is this something they're going to like? help them. So that empathy is important throughout all stages of your design process. Um, Sometimes you'll see charts that say like, first you empathize, then you ideate, then you, you know, prototype. Um, But the empathy and this, my manager said this to me, I was like, yeah, those charts are so dumb because 
empathy is like, yeah, it needs to be woven throughout your process. You need to always be thinking about the user's needs, um, no matter what stage in the design process you're in. Um, but really you go from this like abstract to high, high fidelity and then hand off um, to like a coded actual thing. So I think, you know, we were talking about research and then the, you know, user flow diagrams and then wireframing. So wireframing, you could do with pen and paper, you could do it on a whiteboard, you could wireframe and sketch, just say like, this is low fidelity. Um, and this is not something that is final that you should take in code. Like I'm just creating concepts. There's other wireframing tools. Um, there's one called Balsamic, um, which is a good way to quickly mock up ideas. Um, and they have some like UI screens to get you started. Um, and wireframes are a great way to just have a conversation with your stakeholders. You can even validate wireframes with your users um, and do some user research. So like there's, you can, you bring your customers in throughout your journey um, at all stages. Like you can do research at any point, right? So you can um, have a wireframe that's kind of low fidelity, but you want to be like, I just want to make sure this interaction makes sense. Um, put it in front of a couple of users and ask them to click around in the prototype. Um, there's tools like Envision and Figma even has, does it pretty well where you can create an interactive prototype with zero code. And it, it's just like a bunch of screens that are clickable. Um, and that's a great way to start testing designs. Um, and then yeah, eventually you'll, you'll focus on more of the visual design and the pixels. Um, so making sure like you have the right typography and the right colors and the layout is clean and, um, you know, it's easy to understand what the primary action should be on the page. So that's sort of the high fidelity, often like the visual design phase and the product design process. Um, and then, you know, you have this like thing we call handoff where you hand it off, you hand off your design to an engineer. Um, it's kind of an old school way of working. Like we now like to be more agile where. Um, you bring your engineers in early throughout the whole process so they can give you feedback along the way. And maybe when you're still in that wireframing process, your engineers are starting to build the like backend underlying architecture of, of whatever the design is. Um, so hopefully like with handoff, you're not just like throwing your designs over the wall and being like, good luck. I hope you build it to spec. Um, you definitely want to partner with those engineers, especially the front end engineers and help them along the way. Give them, give them detailed design specs, like what hex code this color is using, what font size, et cetera. Um, but really it should be a partnership where you're working together back and forth and designers are able to kind of QA, maybe a, a prototyping, uh, like a prototype or coded version of, of the design um, and having that relationship to go back and forth and make it perfect. Uh, one thing I, I really liked was how you explain like, the designer is in charge of, of what the user wants. The, the, the product manager is thinking about what's best for the business and the engineer is figuring out how to do this and how to make sense out of all of it. I thought that was really cool. So thinking broadly about product design, um, you know, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, at Salesforce, what you're doing right now is more of like designing the components for designers. So would love to just talk broadly, like how would you define um, and talk about product design as a career and what are the different like like product like types of product designers yeah yeah so so as a career typically a product designer um might be working on a specific feature if you're at you know if you're at a huge company like salesforce you might be on a feature team let's say sales cloud and you know designing like that crm software and maybe even just like a specific feature in there and you'll you'll go through that whole end-to-end -end cycle like i mentioned earlier where you know you do some like research and ideation at the beginning and then prototyping testing handoff with your engineers qa 
Um, and that, that is like a typical, like you maybe you might not go through that whole process with every single project you're assigned, but you know, you definitely need to be familiar with all of those steps as a product designer. Um, and that's typically when you're working on features or you might, and if you're at a small company, you might be designing the whole product experience, right? Um, you might be designing the whole mobile experience or, or the whole desktop or the new 2.0 version of whatever startup software you, you know, you guys have built. So um, that's kind of like a typical product designer's role. But then for me being on a design systems team, like I mentioned earlier, we create the components um, that like, or like, so components meaning both code and design files. So like our team owns like the sketch UI kit and Figma UI kit, which are both design tools. Um, and then we also have engineering partners who actually build the reusable coded components, which um, we call, uh, our design system is called the lightning design system. So we have lightning web components, which are the components that um, our engineers will, engineers all over Salesforce will use to build UI. So um, as a systems designer, our job is more focused on creating scalable components um, that could be used in all these different features that feature teams are using. You know, we're less focused on single use cases and more focused on like our components so that they work across all these different touch points. Um, and then my role specifically on the design systems team uh, is more focused on education and enablement. So we build tools um, for designers and developers to help them better understand and use the design system. One of my projects was a sketch plugin, which was a really fun one to, um, cause it was, is a, it's a plugin that goes into sketch, which is a design tool and you can open it up and it kind of just helps you more easily navigate the design system UI kit in sketch. And that was fun for me because I'm a designer myself. So I was kind of building a tool that I, I leveraged myself. Um, and then the education component, um, I spend a lot of my time in office hours where I where designers come to our office hours and sign up and show us their designs and ask us if they're using the right patterns. So I get to talk to designers all like, you know, several times a week and help them with their questions. And I really like that kind of social aspect, but also just being able to get to know all these different designers. And it helps me learn our design system more also to help them with their pattern questions. Awesome. It seems seems like a, a pretty complex role where you work pretty cross-functionally with a lot of different teams and you have to know like a lot of different technologies and how they work and all of that. But I want to take us just like a quick step step back and look at what it takes to get a job in product design and do what you do today. So, you know, this is something I, I usually see is product designers, especially at the last company I worked with. And there's a lot of product designers there. They all had portfolios they had, they had been building up and they had been kind of leveraging that portfolio as like a step in the door and be like, I've done this, I've done that. You can check it out on like this website over here. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of the biggest value adds that you think you had, like whether it be a portfolio or just, you know, like work you'd freelanced um, and done in the past. I would love to hear more about that. Um, I always think like, I, I heard this at a conference once and it always really stuck with me, but um, people in tech who are lucky enough to work in tech in this field, it's always a combination of uh, maybe luck, skill, and privilege that, that gets you into this role. Um, I think I definitely had luck along the way and maybe even privilege, I'll admit it, um, just with getting my foot in the door with certain companies or sometimes, you know, I just met the right person at the right time and we made a connection. Um, but then this part, of course, you that's, you know, <laughs> the most essential part where you have, um, 
a portfolio that can demonstrate your work. And I think the most successful portfolios that I see um, for designers, you know, throughout at every stage of their career is having like, maybe like four projects on there, which really can show your process. And that's what folks in design will tell you when they're looking for a portfolio site, they want to see not just the end result, not just the finished app design or product design, but they want to see the end to end flow that you went through. So they want to see, you know, messy whiteboard drawings, they want to see post-it note brainstorm sessions with your team, they want to see wireframes, and they want to see research study results and ways you iterated and talking about your process. So that's a really important part um, when you're crafting your portfolio to just have like, you know, three to four solid case studies. It does, it's not quality, it's not quantity of work, it's quality. Um, so I would say portfolio is, you know, a no brainer. You absolutely need a good portfolio. Um, and if you are just getting started and building your portfolio, um, a lot, I've seen a lot of success with boot camps, design boot camps. Um, that's kind of, you know, kind of like I mentioned, like the UX curriculum in colleges, at least when I, I graduated in 2016. So when I was in college, there was no real UX curriculum. It could be caught up now there could you could like major in product design or ux design i know like stanford has a really good design school um but that's not always realistic for folks who are transitioning into ux often it's not their first job they don't want to go back to college um i've seen a lot of success with the boot camps um and what i would say there is just um and i've a, a co-worker told me this once because she went through a boot camp i i didn't do the boot camp route myself but um join a boot camp that has a job guarantee where you know they'll they guarantee you will get a job or your money back or something like that. Um, just because you're going to put all this time and money into a, a bootcamp and it's good to know that you're guaranteed some sort of employment after. Great. Yeah. I think that's, that's really, really helpful advice, especially the emphasis on the, the portfolio. I think, um, I think in any role um, people like to see, uh, you know, generally your passion projects, how you may be performing some of the, the duties of the job already. And they love to see that creativeness, I think. So it's, um, that's good to hear. And like throughout, you know, your interview process, um, maybe at Salesforce or just generally from other, you know, product design interview process that you've heard of, um, you know, who, who, what stakeholders would you say that you've engaged with, um, you know, or, or generally do you, would you engage with throughout the process? What are they kind of looking for um, I know you just touched on this a little bit, but then, you know, also, do you, is there an emphasis on, you know, that whole user centric design thinking sort of process? And, and would you be able to like, kind of explain that a bit more? Yeah. I think um, also just for oh. this question, it'd be helpful to like walk through what an interview looks like exactly. Um, and like, you know, like the like give exact questions that they ask. Maybe if you can't ask, like say exact questions, just like more tactical advice for someone in an interview. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say the interview process really varies depending on the company and the size of the company. So when I first interviewed at, at Tribe Dynamics, which was my first, you know, product design job out of college, um, you know, I, I found that job on Angel's List, which I don't even know if people still use today, possibly, but there's like just so many startups on there. And I um, got connected, like, I it's like a dating app where you swipe jobs left and right. And I got matched with the recruiting coordinator there had a quick call with her just to like verify that I was, you know, like a real human. Um, but then I spoke directly with the hiring manager on the phone 
Um, and he just wanted to understand like my design work in college and, um, you know, what I had experience with, what I was interested in learning more of. Um, and at the time I had very little product design experience, but I just showed like my eagerness to learn. And I think that was huge in the interview. You know, if hiring managers are often looking for in, in these sort of information in the, in the phone call step, sometimes they want to just know like who you are as a person. Is this someone I could work with? Is this someone I could like, um, and, you know, have a good relationship with at work? Um, because the technical skills you can always learn on the job, you know, like they're not necessarily asking me how good I am in sketch or in Figma. They're just trying to get to see how I work and how I work with others. Um, so usually that, that first phone screen is all about like behaviors. Um, and then if they like you, they'll bring you in for, for a second round, which is in the past, it was in person, or it's like a portfolio share out. So with tribe dynamics, um, it was just a day of where I had my final round interview. I, I flew to San Francisco and met with like five or so different people. Um, it was a small startup at the time. It was 20 people. So, I mean, I met with the CEO, the CTO, um, the head chief product officer who was my, my manager and the only other designer there. And then I met with like the head of marketing because I was going to help with some marketing design at the same time. Um, and that was pretty informal. Like a couple of folks asked me to like walk them through my portfolio and some of my work. Um, and I brought my laptop with me and I had all those projects ready to share. Um, but it was kind of just like a quick, like scroll through my portfolio projects. Um, and th so I think they were really just trying to like, you know, get to know me more um, and see if I'm someone they could, they could work with and someone who's teachable and all of that. But then fast forward to your to Salesforce, um, we have a way more structured interview process, um, you know, way more structure in general, because it's a huge company. And I'm guessing most big company, big tech companies are more similar to how Salesforce does interviews. But um, when I was interviewing for my full time role on the team, um, I had to do a presentation of my work. And this is where I see often designers sort of sort of mess up where they um, will just bring to an interview where you're supposed to share a presentation of your portfolio, they'll just bring their website and like share their screen and share their website. Um, in this hour long presentation and just walk people through their website. Um, and that's usually like an automatic turnoff to hiring managers because they really want to see like you take the time to make like a, a keynote or PowerPoint or Google Slides presentation, whatever it is, um, because they've already scrolled through your website. They've already read the paragraphs. They've already skimmed whatever they wanted to skip and liked you enough, liked your work enough to bring you in. Um, but then they want to see you talk about your work and present it in a, in a digestible way. And you want to also understand your storytelling skills and like, like, and see how you're telling the story of how you solved a problem for this, you know, X company. So I think that is a, is a huge thing that designers often, you know, there's, we're also busy. We might have other jobs. Um, we don't have time to like put together a portfolio presentation, but I would always encourage if you really want the job, um, take that time and put together your work in a, in a presentation. And you could always use it for, you know, other jobs as well as you're interviewing along the way. So to sum up two things, you want a website and a presentation. That's cool. And that's something that we keep noticing, like while talking to so many other people who are in tech is like soft skills and just being able to work cross-functionally and work with people is extremely important. And like the technical things that you do while they are important, like what's what people should really focus on is like, how can I work with a team? 
um, think about those examples and get experience working with multiple different stakeholders. Uh, so one thing you mentioned was this presentation um, at, and like how that's almost like your final round. How would you go about structuring that presentation? And, or is there any or is there any tips that you have for somebody who like wants to to nail that part of the round? Yeah, I um, it's so important to also show who you are as a human. So I if whenever people present and just jump straight into their work and don't even have a single intro slide on who they are, I'm always like, damn. Sometimes they still get the job, but it's like show us who you are as a person, right? Like. I always have a slide. This is, hi, I'm Becca. I love dogs. I love wine. I love this. You know, like, just like, I'm from here. Um, just showing like a little bit about who you are because these people are going to have to work with you every day. So they want to know like this person, you know, fun, like our, you know, especially if at Salesforce where culture is, is so huge. And we, and then I would say it's really important in your presentations to be honest um, and open about who you partnered with on those projects. So if I was presenting a project that I worked on, I had like little avatar bubbles in the upper right hand corner of every slide with pictures of the people who I partnered with. So like I showed that at this stage in the project, I was working with my design manager and he was giving me feedback. Um, and then at this stage, I worked with our front end engineer to validate some of these concepts. At this stage, you know, our PM gave us requirements um, and we did research together. I think it's so important to show all the different people you work with throughout a stage, throughout the stages of your project, because um, one, it's showing that you can work with other people and two, like, no project is done in a silo and people know that like you're not, you know, they don't expect you to have owned the whole entire thing, but they just want to see how you work with people to create something that is successful. Um, and then similar to that, like design thinking framework, like walk people through your process in as linear of a way as you can, obviously like no design process is super linear. You're not going to like create wireframes and then create high fidelity and then ship it. There's always back and forth where you're like, oh, that didn't work. We got to change it, go back to this step. So if you could try to tell it in a linear way, but point out where there were like kinks in the road and maybe where you learned something or could have done something better, um, that that is huge. Like tell people the story of your design journey with this project. And like often when you're a designer, other designers are interviewing you. So they can relate, like you want them to relate to the pain and the process you went through and the things you learned um, more often than not, they will be like, same thing happened to me when I tried to do something similar. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's really, really helpful advice for especially, you know, aspiring um, product designers that are kind of going through the process or, or seeking to get into the, the field. Um, and so now, now that you've, you know, you've seen product design at, at, you know, two organizations, one, you know, of course, being um, at the time, at least much smaller than, than mighty uh, Salesforce. Um, what would you say are, you know, some of the, you know, key things that a designer should be looking for, you know, as they start the role, maybe the first, you know, 30, 60, 90 days um, to set themselves up for success? you know, it, it, right as they kind of get onboarded and, and start getting, um, you know, on-ramped, but then kind of moving forward and, and as they grow as a product designer? Yeah, um, I think when just in general, when you join a new company as a designer and you, whether you're two years experience, zero years, 10 years, um, that relationship building piece is going to be key. Um, 
meeting, just having one-on-ones with like everyone on your team and your partners and people that, you know, you get introduced to, I think just kind of like understanding the lay of the land will be really important. Um, and just getting to know folks that you're going to work with day to day and then asking them questions like, um, what does success look like in this role? You know, how can I be most helpful? Um, what are asking them, like, what are the resources you recommend I read up on? Um, I think you can learn a lot just from onboarding and your, in your one-on-ones and, and taking notes and following up with folks. Um, second, you know, this, because I'm on the design systems team, I have to say this, but I think learning the design system is huge. Um, before you can start designing something, um, see what's available, see what resources there are. Your design system might just be a sketch kit. It might not have coded components, but just gather all that information because design systems like will save you a ton of time. So find out what resources there are for you to, um, to, to get started, right? There could be templates, there could be documentation, read up on that, do's and don'ts that will help you succeed. Um, and then, and yeah, really like get to know your engineering team and how they like to work. Ask, yeah, asking them how they like to work and how you like to be, how you should be involved. Um, your engineers are your, they, you want them to be sort of your best friends um, and you want to be really tight with them so you guys can have a good working relationship. And on top of that, I will, sorry, I will just like, if you could get like a technical understanding of things, that's always going to help you. You don't need to know how to code, but you should know how it works and like the underlying architecture of things. I think that really helps product designers. Um, so uh, I know we're, we're running late on time, but just wanted to end off. What is, what is an example of a problem that you have solved for a user either at Salesforce or at your old job um, uh, through through design. Yeah, um, I guess I will I will use the the Sketch plugin project because that is just top of mind for me right now. But um, so Sketch is a design tool, but um, there's a lot of like complex interactions where like um, you want and you want to design with with symbols when you're in Sketch. So like the Salesforce UI kit is made out of sketch symbols. Um, but it wasn't easy natively in sketch to just insert symbols. Like if I just want to insert a button symbol into my design, I had to go through like a million different drop down menus to find that button I wanted to use or a specific icon or a specific drop down component. Um, so we built a sketch plugin to make it really easy to like search for a component and just drag it onto your canvas. Um, and we also embedded some like inline documentation to help to help designers understand the design system better. Um, so we could point out like links, like reference links, like, oh, read more about the button component and link out here. Um, this component is actually just a design pattern. It's not actually coded, just so you know. Um, and we included things like icon synonyms, right? So we have a million icons in our design system. And then names are really confusing. Um, so we added this thing called synonym. So if you search for like clock or time, all the different icons that have to do with time would show up there. Um, so that those were that was a cool project because uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, but it was something it was a project where I got to sort of empathize with designers, but I also am a designer. So I was building something that, you know, made my life easier too. Um, and we and I got to do research 
And sometimes, sometimes the hardest part about research is, is recruiting participants. It's hard to get customers on the phone to ask them to validate your design decision. But my, a lot of my um, customers were internal designers at Salesforce. So it was really easy to just like put time on people's calendars at Salesforce and ask them for feedback. Um, and this was one, this was one of those projects where like, I want to say it was like a linear, you know, perfect example of how to do product design correctly. But we definitely went back and forth. Like, Sometimes I, I jumped straight into high fidelity designs where I was like, wait, I really shouldn't be doing this. I should take a step back and just share some quick wireframes with my team and with other designers to get feedback. So, um, but it was, it was really a fun one because, because I just resonated with what the product was. And it was fun to see internal designers using the tool I built and um, seeing their lives <laughs> a bit easier because of it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely great to design for a designer because you know you know the pains, you know what it's like. Um, so that's it almost reminds me of like you know we're we're at Salesforce, we're doing marketing or we sell product for salespeople, and so we just interview our salespeople whenever we have new messaging or new content that we want to run by them. So it's kind of it's kind of similar. Uh, but this was great, uh, Becca. Uh, loved all of your advice. Loved all of your descriptions about product design. Uh, would love to just end it off. If there's anything else you want to leave to our listeners, um, feel free to feel free to say it now. Yeah, um, I've loved being a product designer. Um, and I think it's a great field to get into, especially now. I think the tech industry is booming and growing and product designers are becoming more and more needed. So it's a valuable, it's a it's a good role to get into if you're looking for something different. You get to work with a lot of people. Um, and you get to solve really challenging problems and, and make people's lives easier. Um, and I would say just don't give up. It's hard. There's um, imposter syndrome, you know, like in any role where you doubt yourself and think you're not good enough for it. But I definitely and I've been there, but I think it's a, it's something that you'll you'll work through and maybe not fully, but it's it's worth it because it's just it's such a fun job. And I think you will all if you if you try it out i think you'd like it <laughs> awesome well awesome it was great having you becca and uh if anybody has any questions i'm sure they they know where to find you we'll we'll link your twitter if you have one or uh your linkedin um if that's cool with you and to our listeners if you have any feedback uh please send us an email uh we'll put our email down in the description as well we're open to all kinds of feedback um if you have any topics for the future that'd be great but otherwise, like and subscribe, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. See you, everybody.